trying to get open, fires away. Bang! It's over! The quick pitch. Rizzo gets on the top, he makes a catch. Bang looks up, you can. Put it on the board, yes. And deep in their own territory, and it's picked off at the 25-yard line. He's around for a beat in front. Score! Tames to Rose blows in. Shot up and goal. Too big, too strong, too fast, too good. A little bouncer slowly toward Bryant. He will glove it and throw to Rizzo. It's in time. And the Chicago Cubs win the World Series. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome in episode number 16 of the Zoomer Sports Radio. As always, I'm your host, Andrew Moody. And today, I'm back with my normal co-host after uh, Will McKinnon replaced him uh, for a bit. Uh, last episode, as he was in Michigan... I'm joined by the great Patrick Aducey. Pat, how are you doing today? I'm doing amazing today, and I am very excited to get back on these podcasts. You know, I've had a little bit of issues with traveling. Yeah, I was in North Carolina. You were in Michigan. Yes, over the past few weeks, but I'm excited to get back into the podcast, and I'm very excited for tonight's episode. Yeah, me too. No doubt about it. I mean, do you, do you want to – I mean, they already saw it in the intro. I mean, this is a pretty hyped-up episode. Top 10 Chicago sports moment. Moments, oh, of the 2010 decade. I mean, there's a lot of big, there's a lot of stuff in this decade, both good and bad. We're going to focus on the good. Maybe we'll focus on the bad in, in a future episode. <coughs> Double doink. And, yeah. uh, oh, another one. Uh, Steve Bartman. 2017 draft day. 2017 NFL draft. Second pick. Yeah. Um. In that episode, we'll probably touch more on the Bears and probably the Bulls, but... On this, this list, one, we're doing the positives only on this one. We're doing the positives only on this one. Not gonna lie, just a warning. It's gonna be a little heavy of Blackhawks and Cubs, but I mean, they were the biggest winners of the decade. So, um, without further ado, um, Pat, let's go kick into us the off list. at number ten. At number ten, I'm repping them today. Barely made the list, but glad I won. them. Loyal Chicago Ramblers. It's kind of odd. We're starting off the college, but. Um, they did enough to make the list. You know, their final four run, the 28th. Sister Jean. Madness. Sister Jean, biggest icon of the tournament. Um, starting from the first game against Miami, you know, they miss a free throw. They got to get a shot off down the stretch. They get it to Dante Ingram. He swishes a three from the top of the key. I mean, I was watching that game at home. My heart kind of stopped when he made the shot and just, I, I don't know what to do. I mean, I was running all over the place. I, I was excited. Because I knew that that was the first time in a while that Chicago was really represented well in March Madness. So it was a big time for the city. And that's the emotion that we showed throughout all Chicago sports fans. And to be fair, they got really lucky in the tournament. I think their first three wins were like, all two points or less, but I mean, they got the job done. And then against Kansas state in the elite eight, they just, I mean, put them down the drain, got to the Alamo city, San Antonio in the final four. Yeah. Alamo dome. I don't, I don't get how the Alamo dome gets. That was the March madness. It's a college dome. It's UTSA's UTSA. home. Field. Like mean, they're holding in like AT&T stadium in the Superdome. 
And the Alamo Dome gets it. Yeah, I forgot the Final Four is hosted at NFL Stadium. But anyway. Nice NFL stadiums. Yeah, we talked about NFL stadiums in our last oh, yeah. podcast prior to uh, trips. So check that out, definitely. But, yeah, number 10 is Loyola Chicago. Uh, yeah, they're on the number the nine. Final Four run. Uh, um, continuing on years. Uh, yeah. I mean, that Mich- that, I mean, who was on that Michigan team they lost to? It was Moritz Wagner, Same Muhammad, Simpson, Muhammad um, Abdul, uh, Duncan Rakeem. Robinson. Yeah. Um, Charles Matthews. Yeah, good team. Good team. Good and team. then Loyal, you had the two kids from Overland Park, Kansas. I think one was a Ben something. Ben Richardson. Yes, that's it. Is. And, and uh, Dante Ingram's obviously. Marcus Towns. Yeah, Marcus Ta- Dante Ingram's the one known from that team. But at number nine, I will be uh, going with um, a moment from 2013. It's kicking off the Blackhawks on this list. The Blackhawks appear uh, the most on this list out of any team. Uh, or they might be tied. They they they're the most. For, yes, yeah. they are the most. Uh, we it's uh, Brent Seabrook's uh, OT winner versus the Red Wings in Game Seven of the 2013 Western Conference Semifinals. All right, let me paint you the picture here. So, uh, Brent, so this is actually the last game the Red Wings and the Hawks were going to play each other in the same division. It was the following year the Red Wings moved to the Eastern Conference and the. When they realigned, I mean, eventually the, the Golden Knights came in. Now the Seattle's getting an expansion team. I mean, so, uh, it's, and the Blackhawks were down three to one in that series. And they were the, um, they led the, um, my bad, sorry. Uh, they led the, uh, the NHL in wins and points. And so they, uh, were the number one seed, of course. So they were the heavy favorite and being down three to one. That's hard to come back from. I mean, only a certain number of teams can do that. Obviously, you got the 2016 Cubs, you got, LeBron's Cavs, uh, um, yeah, the, the Warriors the against Warriors the Thunder, against the Thunder yeah. just to blow it again, <laughs> just to blow a three-one lead. I mean, it's it's very hard. It's very rare that it happens that you come back from a three-one lead. And then, of course, uh, so uh, in that overtime, I believe the score was one to one. I might be wrong, but. It was in overtime. I believe Nicholas Jarmerson scored on a goal, but it was called back due to an Andrew Shaw penalty, which I thought was a total bullshit call. I thought it was a terrible call at the time. So I, I'm like, this is terrible karma. The Hawks are going to lose, and their perfect season's going to be ended by their um, by the stupid refs. I mean, let's face it, no one likes the refs. We all hate the Joe West and the Angel Hernandez in the MLB. We all hate the Armando Riverons in the NFL. Especially Pat McAfee hates that guy. Oh yeah, for sure. He, yeah, and uh, well, we, we don't like we don't like refs, especially when they blow terrible calls. So like, I thought this was it for the Hawks. This is where their season was going to end up against the Red Wings, our arch rival. But guess who comes in clutch? Brent Seabrook. He just comes in, takes that slap shot. You know what, Pat? Um, I was actually watching this live with them. Um, a friend of the show, Ryan Blair, at the time, mm-hmm. and uh, we were at we were in my upstate we were upstairs in Studio seventy four right now seven forty four right now. So Seabrook, uh, I'm playing the clip. Uh, uh, I'm getting the clip out momentarily, but uh, it was just an insane, especially since the refs called the original goal back. I mean, and then for Seabrook to go and do it. Yeah, I mean, for the refs to call it back, I think mentally, for Seabrook to come in there like. As if the play never happened and just hit that shot. I mean, it just showed. I mean, that's when the legends are made under the lights. Game seven, 
And Brent Seabrook, as you said, came up in the clutch and took the Hawks over the refs and the Red Wings when it counted most. And he's going to show the first You can just feel how loud and the atmosphere at the United Center that night. Like, really, I mean, the United Center has not been the same since 2015 as the Bulls and Hawks have both struggled. But in that clip, it's just like a bunch. It's just like a great atmosphere. It's just as loud. I mean, that was one. That was the greatest atmosphere in Chicago sports history until about 2015-16, with a certain team from a certain city that starts with the C and the rest is Hakag. Ends with a no in the middle is Hakag. Chicago Cubs, not the Bears, where that uh, Bill Swirsky references, according to. You ever seen Bill Swirsky Superfans? Uh, I have not. It's the SNL sketch with the uh, the big Chicago guys. Uh, Chris Farley's on it. Mike Myers. It's SNL. Uh, they uh, they are talking. It's where uh, Dub Bowls and Dub Bears comes from. Is they're, they're talking about they're fly from Ditka's restaurant. But yeah, so number nine, great Pat. Lead us off at number eight. All right, at number eight, we're going to stay in the United Center, but we're going to go to the other team, the Chicago Bulls, with um, if there's anyone who I could give a, a makeup career to, it would be Derrick Rose. This is the reason why. This was post-Derrick Rose injury, so this is not him in his prime, but it was against the Cavs. Granted, they did not win the series. This is why it's pretty low on the list. But it was an insane moment, especially when Mike, Mike Breen, his call here is classic. Yeah. I just remember sitting in my basement um, because I, I forgot who on the Cavs made a shot, but um, I think it was LeBron. He just made like a jumper to tie the game. And then there's three seconds left. Uh, the Bulls have it from not the, – they don't have to go full court, but it's on the side. And um, they get it into Rose. She takes three dri- dribbles, step back three-pointer. I mean, it was well behind the arc. Just banks it in. And I just remember – yeah, he's going to show the call right now. I'm, I was going to say it. Right? Yeah, go, go, go. And he just gets it to Rose, fires away. Bang! The Bulls win at the buzzer. Looking. Fires Rose. Rose trying to get open. Fires away. Ah! It's over. The Bulls win at the buzzer. What's so classic about these like moments is that Pat and I both remember where we were exactly when these moments happened. And we both took that into account when we made this list. Is that that was very important to us? Like, we had to know where we were when this happened. I mean, Loyola, Danton. We've literally every every the first two. We've all said where we were exactly. I was watching the game at school on my Chromebook. Yeah, I actually I was actually watching it when I just got home at like three thirty. Yeah, the Dante Ingram, Dante Ingram shot, and then like the Rose buzzer beat. I was up in my parents' room watching it on their TV. I mean, we all know. I mean. We all know exactly where we were for all of these. That's that's why these these moments are so special to us as Chicago sports fans. That's exactly what makes them memorable. Okay, you want to go on to number seven? Yes, number seven. I really took a – this is actually a, a kind of a weird one because uh, it's the 2015 Blackhawks uh, winning uh, on home ice at the United Center in game six. Uh, definitely uh, – their third um, in six years, five years, third in five third years. Five. Yeah, um, just insane. Just uh, Patrick Kane's goal to make it two to zero. Duncan Keith winning the the, Memo- the Hart Memorial Trophy. 
Oh no, he won the con Smythe. My bad. That's the most valuable punishment. He won the con Smythe, and uh, just like how loud that was, just like Crawford throwing off all his pads, and they won. I mean, and wonder where I was. It was not in the conventional location when I saw this. I was in Hutchinson, Kansas. Do you know where that is? Um, around yeah, I get the general area. It's forty-five minutes, uh, kind of north of Wichita, Kansas, which is actually like the fast food capital of the world, if you didn't know. But uh, yeah, Hutchinson, Kansas. I was at my. Uh, we were just got home from a uh, Prairie Dunes, uh, the golf course that my uh, we were playing that day. My dad, uh, my dad's a member at, and uh, so we were, we were playing there. And we come home for the Hawks in Game Six, and uh, it was we were on, we were at this Hampton Inn. The TV was not a good TV at all, no HD. Just watching it. It was low quality, but I remember them winning. Granted, would I have loved to have been in Chicago there? Yes, of course I would have. You know what? I would rather have been in Chicago than Hutchinson, Kansas. Yeah. My dad would probably disagree with that statement because he's literally going to Hutchinson, Kansas, like tomorrow. So, <laughs> but, uh, that, that, uh, I don't know. I'll, I'll play some, something for the, the YouTube, but, uh, Man, that, that goal, uh, just go number six. Number six, very special moment. I will play that for the, uh, the listeners on the, the podcast. Remember, if you are listening on Spotify, Anchor, Apple, Google, you could, if you want to watch, we have a, a, a simulcast with a video on our YouTube page, uh, Zoomer Sports Radio on YouTube. Go subscribe, like, hit the notification bell. Uh, go give it a listen. All right, Pat, lead us on number six. I think I might as well before I go to number six tell you about where I was for the 2015 uh, Stanley Cup. I was actually with, uh, shout out to Tony Aducey, one of our subscribers. And, Uncle Tony! Yeah, the man, the myth, the legend. He was taking me to Enchanted Castle. We just finished up, and it was about the second half. I was watching the game on my phone while I was there, and we went to a bar afterwards. And I just remember, because um, I just remember the Blackhawks winning the game on home, and this was kind of like the last sort of Thing for the, it was like their last run, really. Yeah, it was their last run because a lot's happened since then. Obviously, Quinville's gotten fired. Well, I, I still think that's a terrible move. They fired, they hired him with the AAA coach, or not triple AHL coach uh, of the Ice Hogs, Jeremy Colton. I did not like that move at all. I, I, I mean, Quinville, he's not the coach of the Panthers, I believe, but I think Quinville, honestly, is the greatest, besides Phil Jackson, is the greatest coach in Chicago history. I would agree with that. And they've not won a playoff series since. So, um, moving on to number six. I don't think they even they haven't even gotten the playoffs since. No, they even, have. They did. They got they got swept by the Predators, I think. No, no, that was still Quenville. He got fired like the first five games of the next season. Oh no, I'm talking about since they won the Stanley. Cup. Oh yeah, since yeah. the Stanley Cup they haven't because they lost the Blues and they lost the Predators and, and like didn't score a single goal at the United Center. Yeah. Okay, moving on to number six. This is the beginning of, I don't know if you can call it a dynasty, really. but It's going to be a dynasty. Cubs are going to win um, the uh, the uh, COVID championship. They're winning it this year. Got a whole new bullpen. I mean, just players and the, just come to an agreement so we can watch the Cubs Speaking win the that, World Series. Rob Manfred and NLBPA has declined Just don't get me started, Ron. Rob Manfred is a bigger clown than Roger Godell. Dave Portnoy might disagree with that, but Rob Manfred is a cloud. Dave Portnoy, best guy on Barstool. If he is listening, please make a Rob Manfred clown shirt on Barstool. You know what? We should make them. We should. <laughs> we'll have some shirts coming for you guys soon. We can promise you that. But anyway, 
Number six is when the Cubs beat the Cardinals in the NLDS 2015. Um, I just remember that I believe it was um, Stephen – what was his name? Pus- Stephen Piscotti. Stephen He's on the Piscotti. A's now. Yeah, Stephen Piscotti is on the A's now. I just remember that final strike. Um, the Cubs had won the game. Um, and then I believe – they're up is that six. Chapman to f- pitching. Or is that- Rondon. Chapman Rondon, joined the next yeah. season. Oh, they're up six Chapman four, and Piscotty was a tying run at the plate, so he could hit a homer to tie the game, and the, yeah. it could, the, all hell could have broken loose, and, and I, the Cubs could have lost. I just remember the strike, and then you know Piscotty was looking for a drop pitch, so he just started sprinting, and that was it. Uh, I mean, even though, granted the Cardinals had won the division by only three games, um, but guess who beat someone that matters? The Chicago Cubs did. Greatest baseball team to ever play the game. No doubt. And that really, that's what catapulted in them into, obviously, the NLCS where they lost. They got swept by the Mets, but we don't talk about that. They won the World Series in 2016 and next year. What have the Cardinals done since then? Absolutely nothing. They've gotten, the play, gotten in the playoffs one time since that. But yeah. here's the uh, clip of Hector Rondon striking out Piscotty, and Wrigley just goes insane. It's amazing. It was just insane. I was actually watching that with my family up in up in the TV room here at the studio. Yeah, I was watching that game just in my basement with, I believe I had um, my mom's side of the family, so a couple of my uncles were over. And yeah, it was just, a, even though some of my cousins are Sox fans, I just got to rub it in their face. Also, they were there. So yeah, Sox haven't done anything since yeah. 2005. That's why the Sox will not be on this list, and the Cubs will be dominating this list. The, so- the Sox the might miss, make the worst list. Like, who hires Robin Ventura as your manager? <laughs> yeah, the Sox, I would like – Hey, they, they are coming up, though, I, I will say. Rick Hahn has done a great job. I mean, Eloy Jimenez, Luis Robert, Lucas Giolito. The White Sox are a team to, that will be scary in the upcoming future. But 2020 and 2021, will the Cubs still have their core? We're going to the playoffs. We're going to win it. Go, Cubs, go! All right. right. You want to move on to number five? Number five. We have... This is really, like, one... Just just talking about the down the season. Was it the 2010-11 season? Yes, it was. Derrick Rose holding up... He won the MVP trophy. Youngest uh, MVP in the history of the league. Just David Stern talking and then giving him the trophy and just him holding it up. This moment is in the top five because one... It's really the lone bright spot the Bulls have had. I mean, really, uh, what, what else? Uh, Joakim Noah beating the Brooklyn Nets without Derrick Rose? That's that's really it. A little span of winning the first two games in Boston. Yeah, then, then Rondo team. got hurt. But, I mean, other than that, what do you I got? mean, but, listen, when you – Derrick Rose is special. I mean, if he, if, he, if he doesn't get hurt, he's a Hall of Famer, no doubt about it. Like just when you when you have a guy who's the youngest NBA MVP, he's got to make your list. I mean, he was insane that year. No, when when he is on, when he's healthy, he is an absolute beast. I like he's he's still he's still good with the he was with the Pistons. He was good. Yeah, I I would have picked him to be an All Star personally, even though the Pistons were having a horrible season. But I mean, this guy doesn't get the credit he deserves. He still deserves to have a stable job in the league, and you know. Oh, he deserves to make money. He deserves to get a, a lucrative deal. 
yeah, I just think injuries have cost him. But, you know, he is the youngest MVP in, in the history. NBA history. Like, he's got to make the list. And what I hope is that sometime in his career, well, I just hope this, I hope Derrick Rose comes back to the Bulls. I really hope Derrick retires as a Bull. No, I think that that would definitely be something he'd be considering. Because he's from Chicago. Yeah, yeah he, he's, he's from, from Simeon. Went, went and played for Coach Cal Perry at Memphis. Yeah. Lost to Mario Chalmers making that shot you, with your Kansas Jayhawks. Yes, the Kansas Jayhawks. All right. Number four, Pat. All right. Um, you know well, what? I Yo, yeah, I'm going to take this. Number four. All right. Big series was the Boston Bruins. I mean, listen, Boston, you win too much. How many of the, the Patriots won six since 2000? Six. Red Sox have won four. Bruins have won one. And the Celtics have won one. one. You win too much, all right? All right, Boston? You're spoiled. You're spoiled, all right? So, here. Hawks, thank you for, thank you for letting us have the dynasty because – you could you you had you had get going in the game seven in the bag. You could have easily won this series. You up two one with a minute and thirty left in game six. You could have easily made us come home for game seven. You guys probably would have won, but guess what? You didn't. Cause um, Claude Julian, your coach at the time, he's a clown. Let's just face it. Tuka Rask, not clutch. All right, but uh, Brian Bickle, Taze, I passed it up to Bickle. Bickle gets in for the one timer, two two. Minute 16 left on the clock. We're going to overtime. We have a shot at this. We don't want to go back to Chicago. We want to win here at the Garden. That would be sick just to, just to rub it in the Bruins' face. Guess what? 17 seconds later. Dave Boland! He goes and picks it, makes it 3-2. Throws his gloves off. So an OT winner. I mean, didn't have to, but it was sick. 3-2. Hawks end up winning it. Literally, the it was literally the greatest 17 seconds in hockey history. No, I don't think anyone could argue that. No, that I is the greatest 17 seconds in hockey history. The most eventful 17 seconds, no doubt. Okay, um, moving on to number three, we have the Cubs. We're going back to Wrigley, uh, winning the pennant, winning the the pennant at Wrigley against the Los Angeles Dodgers. This is the moment when. A lot of people said, especially when they were down 2-1 to the Dodgers, that, I mean, even I at some point, I mean, I never had doubt that they would come back. But, I mean, that was, this was a time when a lot of Cubs fans were kind of on the henches and saying, you know, maybe the Dodgers got this one in the bag. They've got us in the past. This is Kershaw's time. But, no, we came back, took the lead at 3-2, took it back to Wrigley. And I just remember Chapman um, – Pitches, Yasiel Puig hits it, and then it goes right to Rizzo. And then I just remember the Cubs winning the pennant. I was actually at my grandparents' house for some reason because my parents wanted to go to a bar to watch the game. Um, yeah, so hey, don't, been I don't blame place. them. I don't blame them, but uh, I, of course, would have wanted to be in that kind of environment because my grandparents didn't really care. But anyway, I was there. I got to scream my head off. It was awesome. And that was the first time that I truly felt success being felt as a Cubs fan um, because of the first World Series in how many years? Was it 50 or so? That was their first World Series in like 70-something yeah. years. I mean, first, uh, uh, then they ended up winning, we all know, they broke the 108-year curse. But, uh, man, that 
was the most insane game six. I mean, Clayton Kershaw, he shut us out. He won in game two, one to nothing versus us at Wrigley. Their only run was, I think, was a Adrian Gonzalez homer into the basket. It was either him or Andre either. I'm pretty sure it was Adrian Gonzalez in game two. And then game three, we just got destroyed. We just got flattened on our bums. Like, we could not hit. And then Addison Russell and Anthony Rizzo picked us up. As much as I don't like Addison Russell, he we would have not have won 2016 without him. We would not have. You know. As much as I don't like him, that's just a fact. We're going to put the future in the future. Let's just focus on 2016. He... We couldn't. He's a missing puzzle piece. If we didn't have him, if we didn't, because Bias was not as matured as he is now. Back in 2016, like remember when Bias was like swinging at pitches well, over his head. Like, he he like walked like maybe like ten times a season. No, Dude, come on, come on, come on. Uh, what was I say? Uh, but yeah, uh, just uh, Chapman and Joe Madden overused Chapman in in uh, the playoffs, but uh. Here's the here's a Pat and Ron's call of a Chapman's uh uh first uh, pitch to Puig uh, the double play. What a difference! Castillo Puig pinch hitting, and he will hit a ground ball short short. Russell goes to buy his one over the first. I mean that video still gives me. I have goosebumps. I have goosebumps from that. And even that, I'm going to have even more goosebumps from the number one. We all know what number one and number two is on this list, all right? We pretty much know it. But are we going to say it? No. We're going to have to continue to watch or listen. Come on now. You really think we're going to do that? Come on. No, you're going to have to get context clues from us as to what we're talking about. Um, all right, Pat, number two. Let's see, 2010, it's a hockey game played at the United Center. No, it was actually at uh, the – it was like – the, it was the Wells Fargo Center now, but it was like the Wachavi. I don't know how to pronounce it, but it was in it was a June it was June 9th. I actually I remember that because it was on my dad's birthday, June at 9th, and uh, it was at it was away at the Flyers uh, Arena. What's now known as the Wells Fargo Center? Let's just call it Wells Fargo Center. Yeah. Or the Joel and D, or the Joel and Center. Yeah, he's the one that owns that joint, but uh. So uh, they're they're playing there, and then they haven't won there yet. They've they've won their three games at home. They haven't won on the road yet. So yeah, this game they were they were up three to two in the third, and then the Flyers come back and tie it three to three, and then we got to get to overtime. So we all know all hell can break loose in overtime. We've seen it. We've seen the three overtime game versus um with uh the Bruins and Andrew Shaw, and then uh. After uh, before we get to number one, we will do some honorable mentions. But before that, Pat, uh, talk about number two. Yeah. So number two, this is in, um, I'm not even going to pronounce the stadium's name. We'll just say the Wells Fargo Center. But it's the Flyers and the Hawks, 2010 Stanley Cup Final. Um, the Hawks are up three-two. Flyers come back to tie the game, and then on the you know the stadium's loud and energetic because they think that the Flyers are going to use the momentum and just get this one in the bag. But then in overtime, overtime, uh, Patrick Kane, the man, the myth, the legend, the savior of this franchise. Right there. This is what this bobblehead is here from. That's the 2010. And he comes up in the clutch and just he gets the overtime goal. Secures the Blackhawks first Stanley Cup in 50 years. 40 years, 40 years. First of three in this five-year span. Dynasty. Patrick Kane. Great. One of the greatest wingers, if not the greatest, to ever play hockey. 
And Pat, you want to know that quote that just totally described uh, that series or that event from uh, was a Doc Emmerich's quote. There, we saw no light. We saw no signal. That quote. All right, here's the uh, highlight. I would say him, Alex Ovechkin on the Capitals, Sidney Crosby on the Penguins, probably now Connor McDavid on the Oilers. I would say so. And uh, Austin Matthews on the Blue Jays. On the, blue, the Blue Jays. Blue Jackets. <laughs> the Maple Leafs. Maple Leafs. Now, I got the Toronto teams uh, mixed up. Uh, but those five guys, are, they're, they're, gen- they're once-in-a-generation talents. Like, and like, they will come through in the clutch when you need them. And I think he's still got it in him. And um, that's exactly what he showed. You know, those guys that you mentioned, obviously Ovechkin's proven, proven it with the um, Capitals Stanley Cup a couple years ago. Um, but, yeah, he proved why he's Patrick Kane and one of the best players of this generation. So, yeah, Blackhawks winning the first Stanley Cup in 50 years is a number two. Take us away. At number 40 one. years again. All right, uh, guys, we all know what number one is. You know what it is. I know what it is. You guys listening and watching know what it is. Pat Hughes, Pat Hughes knows what it is. Ben Zobrist knows what it is. Yeah, he especially knows what it is. Uh, literally everyone in the world knows what it is, even Sox fans. And they're not afraid to admit it. And they aren't. I mean, hey. If we go back, if we did the 2000s, I say the Sox when you know 05 would win number one, too. No, I'd say so also. I mean, the 05s decade, that was not a good winning decade at all for Chicago sports, but here we go. Number one, we have your 2016 Chicago Cubs winning the World Series versus the Cleveland Indians. First of all, they came back. Cleveland, this is, this is for you. All right, before, uh, before we talk about it, we're going to talk about the situation leading up to Game 7. So, uh, Cubs are down 3-1 to one versus the Indians, who have been red hot all postseason. I mean, like, no one thought no one thought they were going to be stopped. I mean, like, the Cubs were a team of destiny. Like, even Bruce Bochy said it in his postgame interview after losing to the Cubs in the NLDS, after they were up 5-2, uh, to two, and the Cubs came back with a four-run uh, top of the ninth inning. And, uh, listen... They were a team of destiny. You know, they, they were the best team in baseball. You know they were going to come back and win the next three games. And guess what they did? So, game seven. Pat? Me, Pat and I? What, my neighbor? Uh, we were at Eric Shaw's house. My neighbor, yeah. Neighbor, uh, Greg and Eric Shaw. Great people. Uh, along Also there, we had uh, Ryan, friend of the show. Uh, my, our friends, uh, Luke Newfer, Nolan King were there. Uh, I think that's it. But they were there. So, uh. So group of we was a group of like six of us in our, Your dad was there, mm-hmm. which is awesome because uh, Pat's dad actually played baseball at uh, Augustana College in um, Rock Island, Illinois, home of the best sandwich shop in the world. Arthur's Garden Deli. Yes, sir. 
little more enthusiasm next time. Come oh, on, you're talking about yeah. the best sandwich place in the world. Come on, Pat. Right. Um, but, um, yeah. Anyway. So, yeah. So, he, your dad, he's just like, he just spits baseball knowledge. He's like John Smoltz. <laughs> like, just pew, pew, pew. Uh, so, he actually uh, has a record of most hit, hits Batman to start a game. Uh, and he was a pitcher. So, yeah, he just uh, spews off baseball information. I and mean, it's awesome to watch with. And, but, uh, Everyone is nervous. We're we're all gonna we're we're all gonna wet our pants just from like nervousness. And like we're literally like, all right. I'll just give you that. You could you could join me, but like, oh, but but before that, uh, re. So like, uh, here in our town, uh, we had this uh, we had this church thing. Uh, oh, they canceled re. No, 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 no. They made it where you could go at three, four, or seven. And literally, when we we like, you could go four or seven. Yeah. And literally, that four o'clock, uh, I've never seen the church that packed in my life. Now, who would come at seven? Literally, everyone that had to go was in there. There was like standing room only. It was like going to the World Series. Literally, you could not get a seat in the. No pews were open. Every pew was filled down. So everyone was there. So everyone wanted to get home, watch Game Seven. Everyone was nervous or confident. So, like, first, uh, it was a 2-1. It was either a 2-1 or a 2-2 pitch. Dexter Fowler. Poing! Knocks in the center field. Lead off home run. Dexter Fowler. Right, so, just, uh, that just that just was insane. That was the first time I ever happened to lead off home run in Game 7 of the World Series. And then, but it was a wild game. That was a wild game. I mean, early on. Chris Bryant knocking over the catcher. We all thought we had it in the bag because we actually had a pretty sizable lead like halfway through the game. So we just think it was a cakewalk from there. But then. Baseball's then, never a cakewalk. Come on. Then, yeah. It's not basketball. I mean, you get the point. We were rolling. We had just run the last last, last year. You know the seed of the story was going to be. We won the last few games. And then Big Daddy Ross hits the home run. Oh, but before we get there, Ross comes in the game. We're up 5-1. to one. Lester here throws a ball in the dirt, hits Ross in the head, and then Ross falls on Ross falls on his butt like this, and uh, two runs end up scoring to make it a five three game. Which I mean, we all know we all know basic math, and we all know baseball. Well, you should know math, and you should know baseball. That's just uh, us. That's just the com. That's just common sense. But yeah, a four run lead is better than a two run lead. It's like. Guy gets on base, two run lead, home run, tie game, whole new ball game. So this is a whole new ball game. But like, I mean, Bias also had a home run that game. He did make it a, but like Ross. I mean, I watch. I like uh, watching his um. It was the breakdowns on the Cubs YouTube page. Check it down. It's David Ross. He broke down his game seven homer, and he talked about how um, he made this uh pass ball that allowed two runs. So he's like, he had to uh make it up, and uh, since uh, he caught Andrew Miller in Boston, who was pitching at the time. He knew his stuff, so Ross, uh, he knew he needed, he had to do something, and Ross just hitting that homer in the center. I I also originally noticed all three of the home runs the Cubs hit that game were in like the exact same spot at Progressive Field. You all know, like that left yeah. or the right center like uh, gap kind of center field, like, and they're all like barely over the fence. Like I thought, Roger Davis had def- I thought he had fouls. And I thought he had Rosses. Baez was a little further, but man. This, this, it was just insane. And then Joe Buck going, the 39-year-old in his final game. But, I mean, it was just a magical season. And literally, 
Joe Madden had some had some questionable calls in that game, like bringing in Chapman way too early. I mean, Raja Davis, oh my god! Oh, off the camper in the left field tie game at six. God, I remember throwing my hat at the shawls at the same. And then I remember. Oh, I, don't, I don't like thinking about that. I mean, game seven, a lot of good feelings. That was not a good feeling at all. Thinking about that just gives me. This gives you nightmares. Anxiety. Gives you nightmares. nightmares. And then I remember. Um, oh, after that. Yeah, I remember <gasps> in overtime, um, well, the 10th inning, um, it was a tie game, obviously. And I oh, there was the rain delay in between. Yeah, the rain delay in between. And I Hayward, uh. Hayward gave a speech. I heard they were going to try to resume the game possibly the next day. I was just thinking, no, no, I couldn't. They got to play. I, I would not be able to sleep that night. I just. <laughs> what do you think? How do you think the players I would were get feeling? no sleep. How do you think the players the were players feeling? The players would play with jello. What do you mean? Like the legs would be jello. Like they, they could sleep. not, they, yeah, they couldn't sleep. Like, I that, feel like that, that would have right? I mean, that might have been an advantage for the Indians because they got to sleep in their own beds. No, the home field advantage also. And the Cubs. I mean, what were they going to do? Well, honestly, that was honestly I mean, kind what? of it was kind of an advantage for the Cubs because Schwarber couldn't play the field. So when we had the extra game in Cleveland, he could bat. Mm-hmm. I mean, Kyle Schwarber was such an underrated part of that World Series because you remember he tore his ACL in April of no. that season, running into Dexter Fowler in Arizona. He made the comeback of a, of the of a lifetime. Comeback as you can imagine. I mean, he had some huge moments in that that entire postseason, actually. And I just remember going back to the 10th inning. Um, Cleveland hits a foul ball right, I believe. It, I'm looking at it on the screen, the, the angle that I was sitting at. I'm thinking it's a homework. So when it was a foul, you know, I was just on the ground, face planted for a good about 30 seconds because I was, it was just a huge sigh of relief. And from that point on, I was just hopeful that we could hold on for three more outs so that we could get a chance to seal it. Um, which we ended up doing, and you you got the final play. Pat Hughes, the greatest announcer in baseball history, besides Vin Scully and Bob Euchre. I love Pat Hughes. Should be in the Ford. Should have won the Ford Frick Award. Should be in the Hall of Fame. Pat, if you listen, you belong in the Hall of Fame. You belong. Hawk Harrelson. I mean, he's he just got in, but Pat deserves it more than Hawk. But here, Pat, take it away. Slowly toward Bryant. He will glove But I mean, this call was so iconic. They made this bobblehead of him. Uh the Bobblehead Hall of Fame, who we mentioned in earlier episodes, love them. They made Trubisky. They made some other bobbleheads we have. They made this bobblehead. I mean, it talks. I'm not going to play it because you literally just heard the call. But Pat, and it's actually signed by Pat Hughes as well. I mean, awesome dude. Very nice guy. I see him at Cubs convention every year. But, I mean, it's awesome. I mean, that rounds up the list. But, oh, we forgot to do honorable mentions. But, here, I'll, I'll give you some honorable mentions. Uh, we have uh, Marion Hosa's goal in 2010. Versus the Predators in overtime. I mean, before that, he just had a five-minute game as conduct, and uh, he uh, almost and he almost blew the game for the Hawks. But he comes in right from the box, goes and scores. Pat, do you want to talk about the the one of the Bears moments we had? Yes. If we had any, because really all they did was win the they won in 2011 and 2018. But there's not like really a moment like that 
everyone remembers. If we were considering any Bills moment, it would be from the season 2018 when they won the NFC North. You know, the Eddie Jackson, I mean, he just had like a boatload of pick sixes, but the one against the Vikings on Sunday Night Football is the one that stands out the most. But, I mean, what do we really remember that from that season? I mean, um, we all remember we all remember Double Doink. Really, that's what's – we all remember that all season remember. for that. You know what? Looking back at that season, we were on Sunday Night Football so many times, which is so nice because Al Michaels – is the greatest football announcer I've ever heard. I, I love his voice. I love how he calls the game. I mean, Chris Collinsworth, great as well. He's not a, he's not as good as Tony Romo, but Chris Collinsworth is still state-of-the-art. Yeah, you know, Joe Buck, I mean, I don't want to Joe Buck, I Joe Buck, here, here, Joe Buck, I think he's way better at football than he is at baseball. Well, be yeah, honest. I agree with that. I, Joe Buck and Troy Amon, they're a good team. Joe Buck's not bad at football. I don't I, I, I don't like, I mean, he made, yeah, he had a good World Series call for the Cubs, but... Joe Buck, I mean, he gets a lot more hate than he deserves. Yeah, I, I mean, say- granted, he does have some boring calls like Mitchell, 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 down, downfield, and the pass is caught. That sticks. No, dude, he was like screaming, Diggs, sideline, touchdown. No, I'm talking about, well, yeah, his his great moments, his great like his great mo- his dude, great moments are amazing, but like, his regular calls Diggs- are just kind of lousy. What a disgusting act by Randy Moss. <laughs> but, I mean, Joe Buck, I mean, he gets a lot more hit than he deserves. I love his call in 2011, David Freeze. We will see you tomorrow night. Joe Buck gets a lot more hate than he deserves. I think he's – I think, I mean, granted, he is way better at football than he is at baseball, in my opinion. But I think he's he's not he's not that bad. No. Honestly. But, he's uh, definitely a little bit – he gets too much hate. But is he the best announcer? No, he's a good, he's a good announcer. He's a solid good. announcer. I mean, yeah. obviously, I like Al, I like Al Michaels and Jim Nance better, but really, I mean, we all know the Monday Night Crew is a mess. Yeah. Bring McAfee. Pat McAfee deserves the Monday Night Football Pat job. McAfee. I mean, he deserves the job. Come on now, everyone wants him to get the job. ESPN, do the right thing and give him the job. Come he, this on, this guy's gone through so much like harassment. You know, saying a punter. Punters of people too. As the, sh- I mean, let I me mean, listen to his podcast. Listen to listen to him. He was calling XFL. He's on College Game Day. He calls college football. Pat Dude, Pat he does Pat so Pat much stuff. He deserves the Monday Night Game. He Pat deserves Pat the Monday Night Game. Monday Night Football. I would not be surprised if that, the ratings went up past Sunday Night Football. I would not. No, be they wouldn't go up past Sunday Night Football. They'd past Thursday Night Football. They would definitely go past, past Thursday Night Football. Night. But they would crazy. definitely go up. And ESPN. Their, their Monday Night Football is just going down. I mean, that's what happens when you put Booger McFarlane in the booth. Like, come on. Everyone hated him because of the Booger Mobile. And the CBS Sports announcers as well, you know. They're awesome. Jim Nance and Tony Romo. Oh, you're talking I about the Eagle. other ones. Yeah. Iron Eagle's good. The GOAT, Greg Gumbel. Greg Gumbel. And Gumbel, okay. we trust. Can we just... Greg Gumbel is not a good football announcer. He's, he's decent. He's decent. He's not that good. He's decent. We all know Greg Gumbel is the greatest studio host in college basketball no, history. No, that I will give you. He's Come on, and Gumbel we trust. Hey, you gotta give him the respect for football. He is a decent third announcer. Hey, football. He's I, decent. I can't. I can't give him that much hate. I mean, he's not great. But he's decent. He does. Yeah, he's decent. Iron Eagle's good. Him and Dan. Iron Fox. Eagle, I love Iron Eagle. His calls. Brian Anderson, um, I really love for basketball. Yeah, but granted, he is the Brewers announcer, so. Mm-hmm. So, uh, but uh, the other honorable mentions. We'll just. Uh, we're kind of going over time. Uh, our uh, director's giving us the the thumb the the sign. Uh, yeah, the director's the chair right there. Uh, we're two man team because we don't need no director. 
<laughs> but uh, we also have um, David Bodie's walk-off in 2018. Bah! Bodie! Santa Maria! Matt Veskersen is calling Sunday Night Baseball. Great moment. Uh, what was the other one? Uh, Northwestern, Pat, you want to talk about? Yeah, um, the year that they made the first ever NCAA tournament. I remember the full-court The crying kid. The crying kid. Um, I mean... I mean, I would blame that on his parents more than anything for getting him that, you know, obsessed into, you know. But, I mean, I can't blame him because he's a passionate fan. Can't be mad at that at all. But, um, yeah, against Michigan, that's what. But he turned by. himself into a meme. That's the problem. <laughs> I mean, uh, and the commercial actually paid for him to use him in the commercial. I believe it was a pizza commercial. But and anyway, no one out pizzas the hut. Come on now. But yeah, that was the win that secured them in the NCAA tournament for the first time. Go cats. Go tigers. Go tigers. Shout out to Coach mm-hmm. Ah, but Chris Con I mean, Northwestern that's just a, a miracle run because really they haven't done anything. No, I mean ever since but they I mean, could be on a they could be on a top ten worst um sports moments list for that goaltending call. But um we'll talk about that in the next video. Oh uh, and, and videos coming soon because Hey, NHL and NBA, they're both coming July 30th. I mean, so once we get to July 30th, expect more shows to come because we'll actually have real sports to talk about. Yeah, well, I actually have a lot Not to just about. golf and NASCAR. And no offense to golf and NASCAR fans. I mean, I love watching NASCAR. Golf is fun to watch. Golf is a, it's decent to watch. I mean, Tiger Woods, Peyton Manning, that was fun. But, I mean, hey, we want the major four back. We all do. Absolutely. I mean, I want my favorite sport of all time, NCAA football, to come back. Yours is NCAA basketball. I mean, we all want this to come back, but that rounds us our list of the top 25 uh, Chicago sports moments. A uh, lot to talk about. We It was a great show. It was a great great to be back, Pat. It was a great comeback, great show. Um, very excited to continue the upload of episodes for you guys. We've been um, a little bit lousy of it as of late but we will get back to you and no problem and uh yeah that rounds out the video for today yeah so thanks you guys for watching remember follow us on spotify or apple and uh share share this with everyone you know you know the more the merrier we love uh interact with us on the youtube when we do live streams we do those every once in a while uh at follow us on instagram at Gucci Aducey eighty seven or something. At um Moody Mood Swing. No, at Andrew Andy, Moody. Andrew Moody, yeah. Nah. But uh yeah, so uh that's it for today. Uh Pat Kill the music.